0: Hey, babe, you're listening to episode 76 of the beam life podcast. Welcome. I am so happy you're here. I have a super special guest, and I know I always say that because yes, everyone is super special and amazing, but this particular woman who I have on today um, played a very big part of my life um, when I didn't know at the time that my life was truly crumbling around me. It was when I was training for all my endurance events and I was seeking um, validation from physically exerting myself and literally running away from my life. Um, And I needed a coach at the time, a nutrition coach, to sort of guide me along that journey. And that's when I found Caroline. And Caroline is so many things, um, as you will discover. But what I love so much about her and why I decided to bring her on is that she is not your traditional um, health, wellness, nutrition coach she has gone the traditional route. And actually, when she was coaching me, we were in that sort of traditional macros world. Um, And she has taken her, you know, own journey of learning what it means to have this relationship with your body and food, and was able to Adapt and change her business to better serve her clients. And I have not only experienced um, this growth that she has gone through as a coach, as you know, a bystander watching her grow, but also I see how she is affecting. her female clients and the message that she is spreading about what it actually means to have health and to trust ourselves and our bodies. So through relearning how to honor and trust her body, she has achieved, you know, balance with fitness again, food and fun that she never thought was possible, and now she is sharing that with all of us. So I am so excited you're going to want to take notes for this one. I also dropped all the ways to get in touch with Caroline if you're interested in working with her in the show notes but buckle up babe and let's get this party started hey beam babe welcome to the beam life podcast where we are all about honoring your truth prioritizing your passions and unlocking your potential let's go I'm your host, Caitlin, and it's my calling in life to create this community of like-minded, kick-ass women ready to make moves and live a life they are obsessed with. So if you're ready to be everything and more, babe, let's get this party started. Hey, girl, how's it going? I'm so happy we get to connect and no better place than a podcast, right?
1: I know. I'm so excited. It is great to see your face again. It has been a long time.
0: <laughs> yes, a really long time. And, you know, when I reached out via email, because I've been loving and like just absorbing all your content lately, it just very much deeply resonates with me. Um, I didn't expect it all to happen this fast. So this is so great. And um, I know that, you know, my bean babes listening are totally going to love and soak this up as much as I have been and you're just always such a powerhouse in whatever space you step into but um, I love how powerhouse I think has probably that word has changed meaning um, a little bit for you so we'll get into all that but just give us a little like bird's eye view of who Caroline is.
1: Thank you again so much for having me and your kind words. Um, oh my gosh, I guess let me. I'll try to make this brief. Okay, so getting into <laughs> fitness post college, post a lot of eating disorder. Um, history was diving headfirst into CrossFit. Went high intensity through that. You know, kind of burnt myself out. Then uh, during that time, I was also studying a lot about nutrition, like taking certifications. Then I became a personal trainer, got really into bodybuilding, took that to the extreme, (laughs) got my pro card and bikini in 2020. But again, it takes me a minute to learn lessons. So I took that until basically burning out, Um, Mm. lost my period, had gut issues flaring up. My, My body was just like, no more. Not to mention... Competing in bodybuilding really brought back a lot of disordered eating, a lot of black and white rules, which I'm sure we'll get into today. Um, yeah. And that was, so the end of 2020 is when I made a promise to myself to not restrict my food in any way for at least one year and still going strong now, this early that's 2022. Awesome. it's It's been nice. I've learned a lot. <laughs> and that's really when I changed a lot personally in just my relationship with food and my body. And I also simultaneously really changed my style of coaching from being a more macros-oriented, personal training-oriented coach to, I call myself a holistic health coach. I I don't know if that name will <laughs> stick, but... I basically, what I try to do now, thanks to what I've learned from my own journey and working with a lot of women over the years is that the specific quote unquote plan you're following, whether it's workouts or a specific diet or whatever, it just doesn't matter as much as the actual relationship with yourself, with your body, your Mm. internal dialogue, how you view food how you view yourself even, the beliefs that play out in your head, what's driving your daily actions, all these other really deep pieces are so much more important when we're actually talking about health and wellness and being confident in our bodies long term. So that's really, I think that kind of brings us to right now as far as where I'm at and also how my coaching has really developed along with me.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I love that. And you summarized it like so beautifully and perfectly. I always, this is like the most challenging part when people are like, hey, who are you? I'm like, I don't know how to sum this up very quickly. Um, Because there's a lot, like we are a lot, right? We're a lot of things, a lot of layers. And it changes day to day, but- I you know mentioned in the um, intro how I really know you because I hired you to be my coach uh, during a point in my life where I was really burnt out and um, I was actually like running away from my life literally um, training for this crazy endurance event and a, a mutual friend recommended you and what's been really cool, to watch as not only someone who's been like your client and student um, is how it's okay, right? Like watching you evolve gives other women permission, especially like women like me in the fitness space and as clients and as, you know, fitness mentors, permission to change and to change our mind a little bit, you know, that we've been, even though we know all these things and we've taught everyone all these things for so long that it's okay and I think that that has been really beautiful to watch so I'm just so excited for you um and as I kind of mentioned and you mentioned in your intro you've taught for so long in more of like a traditional base of like macros and tracking food calories in versus calories out and and training and all that kind of stuff to as you said now more holistic what was really like the main driver that made that shift
1: that would be hard i think to just pick one uh and honestly it happened little by little it wasn't like i really appreciate what you said about you know permission to change your mind and i maybe wish you know hindsight's 2020 like part of me wishes i did just wake up one day and i was like actually i'm going to coach like this <laughs> But it was definitely more if of a only. trickle, yeah. So, like I said, I think the biggest catalyst was I said I'm not going to restrict my food anymore, and I had built a lot of my reputation on uh, looking a certain way, um, eating a certain way, posting certain food pictures that were high protein, low calorie, that sort of thing, um, and that just didn't it it wasn't healthy for for me, and I. You know, part of this driving force potentially was even me, like, really reevaluating how I want to show up and what feels authentic to me. Because at some point, especially at those early days where I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. How do I, like, share about this? How do I own it? Uh, How do I not feel like a fraud being like, oh, hey, still talking about low calorie and whatever, but not doing that myself? So there was a lot of this, like, inner questioning of like how do i want to do this? How do i come back to me? What's important to me? What's my own definition of health and wellness? Because i was not healthy. I was sick. Yeah. But i sure as heck yeah. got a lot of likes on Instagram. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, body talks. Body talks for yep. sure. Yep.
1: Yep. So that was part of it, like me reevaluating what what is my authentic coaching magic. Like, what is my zone of genius in the coaching space? Because I don't think it's this you should just keep dieting and you should just focus on your macros forever. That just really wasn't resonating with me anymore. So that was part of it, like my own looking at myself. But the Mm -hmm. other part was people like you, like awesome clients that I worked with that were really open and honest with me that we had these deeper conversations. And I started to realize it in that regard, too, as like, wow, people are struggling, whether they're in a diet phase or out of a diet phase. It's not about the diet phase. It's not about do this training instead of that training. It's about everything else that is going on in their daily life, that is going on in their head, that is going on in their bodies, right? Because our mind and body are connected. So that was kind of the other part that really motivated me to be like this. Something's got to (laughs) change. We can't just keep doing the same old what they teach you in the certification course of just. Nope. Just bring them back to the macros. Make sure they hit their macros. That doesn't really matter. Like, yes, does some totally. education around food and fitness matter? Yes, but just kind of the basic level. Once you get, once you kind of can check those boxes, there's a lot more going on under the surface.
0: Oh my gosh, I feel like this podcast would be like ten hours just talking <laughs> about that. Yes, and and it and it's so deeply, deeply resonates on me, which I will totally going to get into, but because there is so much more. And I think it's honestly, even when I connect with women who are still in the chronic phase of just like dieting, 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 macro tracking, macro tracking, even though it's not working, it's so scary to ditch that because it's all anyone's ever known for a long time. You know, some people have only done that um, because we have this fear of like gaining all the weight back and disappointing ourselves. But really like what is so much deeper than that, like what you were hitting on is everything below the surface, like our relationship with ourselves and our body and with food. And you're right. Nothing else really matters unless all that other stuff is in check. Um So I think it's, it's really beautiful. Did you have like, I I would be curious, because I know that what you do doesn't always hit home with not only other fitness professionals, because they're like, wow, you've completely lost it, I'm sure. (laughs) Or maybe with some clients that you had who were used to you training them in a certain way. Um, what was like, how did that change for you? Did you have pushback? Did you have to, like, what were some of those hurdles that you had to overcome?
1: So there, there was kind of some pushback, because like any transition is, and I honestly still feel like I'm transitioning a little bit to really like nail this is what I know is the best proven method, for example. Um, but at the beginning, like any transition is kind of rocky. It's different. You're doing new things. You're doing different things. People are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Especially in the fitness and nutrition space, we love our routines. Yeah. So the good news is that what I did is I really changed my coaching container, if you will, to kind of reflect this deeper work. So I was doing a lot of email-based coaching, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with, like literally just a lot of emailing and i changed that to what i do now is one on one 60 minute zoom calls really so it's way way higher touch because you just can't yeah. get to those places with just email coaching you know like i've i've had tons of nutrition coaches over my own journey like i've been doing this for almost 7 years now and the emailing definitely works when you're at that surface level of okay well we're going to decrease your fats and increase your carbs or whatever sure you can send <laughs> yes. that in an email but if you're talking to someone about, you know, what what was your mom's relationship with food when you were little, you cannot talk about that in an email.
0: <laughs> Absolutely not.
1: Yeah. So that that really helped to actually change like how I'm speaking to people. That really opened opened the door for these conversations to happen. Otherwise, I think it would have just like not worked if I was trying to like use an old system with a new style of coaching. Um, but also one thing i've i've come across is a lot of my coaching was built around selling fat loss and mm. i don't sell that anymore so thinking about my messaging you know i don't know how many entrepreneurs are listening but really thinking about like well what does my brand mean now what is my messaging like what problems am i solving for people Because diet, diet culture, even the nutrition and fitness industry, we still lean on quick fixes a lot. 100%. Even no matter how you're sexifying it. And so now when I'm talking more about your subconscious beliefs and inner child healing and all this deep work, that's not quick. Everyone knows that that's not (laughs) quick. (laughs) Damn
0: it. I know. I know.
1: So, so I guess, uh. Reorganizing kind of my messaging and what I'm presenting, that's that's also still a work in progress because I think my audience has shifted as well. But I started a podcast um, last year too and that's helped. So kind of little things to to again come back to like my authenticity and what I believe truly works the best for people. And I'm yeah. sure I could use like a messaging coach too <laughs>
0: to, to help me out. <laughs> I, I mean, like I said, I think you're doing um, an amazing job, which was like one of it. my biggest reasons to reach out because it really did it like, you know, you feel it, right? It's more of like an emotion based connection. Um, and I know what that's like, because on both ends, I've taught people the other way, like you used to. I've also done that way. Um And it wasn't really until a few months ago, I would say six or eight months ago now that I've decided, okay, we're going to scrap all this and try something and try something different. So what is it? I'd love to know, like, so women ultimately still want results, right? Us as women, we want results. So how does that work in this kind of coaching method? When there is a desire for results, but also we know we need something more than macros, and that kind of thing isn't going to work for our lifestyle right now. How do you marry and blend those two?
1: I use a lot of kind of what's rooted in manifestation practices, like the law of attraction, for example, right? Like attracts like. That's a very basic rule of creating your reality and, 100%, and yeah. connecting with your goals and your desires. So, When we are, for example, let's say I want to start a diet phase because I want to lose weight because then I will be confident heading into summer or whatever it might be. But you've already done diet phases in the past. You've probably regained weight after those diet phases. So first question is like, why do you think that will work again in the same way? which so, so many of us do that. Oh my God, I've done that. Like, it's so crazy that we do that just because we're so exposed to like diet being the answer. So like, that's Mm -hmm. a great place to start is just, is what you're doing actually, does it make sense based on your past and based on if you want a different future, you're probably going to have to do something different than what you've done in the past. And then where kind of this law of attraction comes in. If, if that was your goal, dieting for confidence, that's the same thing as chasing happiness, saying, you know, mm, when mm-hmm. when X Y and Z happens, that's when I will feel happy. But anyone who's ever set a goal like that knows that you you don't just happiness is not a destination as cliché as it sounds, it's not. Absolutely. Neither is confidence. Neither is feeling super hot in your skin like feeling all sexy. That you do not arrive to that feeling of sexiness. Yes. So what I like to do with my clients is a lot of manifestation, practice, mantras, affirmations, mirror work. There are so many ways you can go about it depending on whatever feels best for you. But staying with that confidence theme, this actually just came up with a client and what I asked her to do was make a list of 10 states or 10 situations like 10 um, areas where she feels really confident. Like, What are you doing? Who are you with? What puts you in that state of, I am so confident. I am a badass. I got this. Identifying those things that make you feel like that and then trying to add more of those into your routine. That's how you then match that vibration of your goal is being confident. You got to start creating that internally. Because even if- 100%.
0: Yeah,
1: and like even if you're- because I, I can relate to that. You know, I've been really lean, and there have been moments where I'm like, this does make me feel more confident wearing a crop top, or whatever it may be. Yeah. But that is so fleeting. What, do you wear that shirt for Like going out one night? What about the rest of the day? How do you feel yeah. when you're alone? How do you feel when it's quiet? Because that's what you're actually stuck with. Your physique is going to fluctuate for the rest of your life, but you're stuck with what's happening on the inside.
0: Uh. So good. So, so, so good. Yes. I mean, and, and also I've done a similar transition, you know, going into life coaching, leaving the fitness space and it's so intertwined. I mean, it's such a deep, deep, deep level of, um, like you said, if you're not happy on the way there, if you're not loving the things you're doing, I always tell people, don't be disappointed when you get there and you don't feel any different. <laughs> you know, it's like how you feel is, you know, on the way is how you're going to feel when you get there. And um, I love how you brought that full circle in terms of, um, yeah, even with with confidence because we don't think of it that way. It's if we're not confident now, getting this quote unquote perfect body is not going to be good enough either. And then it's that constant struggle of, I need more, I need more, I need more. Um, I'd love to, we, we've, t- you know, mentioned it a couple times. And I would say probably our demographic of woman is very similar. Um, and so I know it's been exposure to major diet culture. I think it's really cool for this like Gen Z that I see coming up. It doesn't seem to be as intense. Um, You know, I could be wrong. Who knows as they develop. But you know, women our age, slightly older, um, we've just had this in our lives forever in terms of what is considered beautiful, what is considered, you know, um, acceptable. And so how does one even begin to start like low like for someone who has no idea where to start this journey right they're like this all sounds really cool and I kind of like this idea but how would I even begin to start ditching some of those like beliefs and attachments to beauty that I've had forever and like migrate over to what I think is actually beautiful Mm -hmm. if that makes sense
1: yeah, so I think there are kind of a couple ways to go about this, depending on what your relationship with food is like right now. So if I'm talking to someone who does have a history of disordered eating and a lot of being all in and then all out on a diet, I I actually did. I just recently put out a podcast on this topic on my show, so definitely listen to that. I'm definitely
0: <laughs> linking <laughs> Total podcast. I was I was just gonna say that. Like, yeah, if you're loving this, you're gonna love Caroline's podcast. Trust yeah. me. Yeah,
1: and what I kind of summarize in there, if if this more speaks to you, you're coming at this from a little bit more of a food um, intense relationship with food background, is having that basic foundation of eating enough is a great first step. So using this knowledge that you probably have by now about nutrition, if you've been dieting a lot chronically, right. You probably have a good knowledge of what are your diet macros, and then what are you kind of eating when you're quote unquote not dieting. And try to find a happy medium there where you feel satiated every day, where you're not binge eating. Because let me tell you, oh my gosh, I get questions about binge eating all the time. If you're binge eating, you are probably restricting in some other area. So really feeding yourself, first and foremost, is like the best step you could take, Uh, even and that that itself might take a while. I know for me, like it it took me weeks, if not months, to just be okay with like, nope, I'm just going to eat this much because the scale will go up mm. and down. Like preparing yourself for that too can be very helpful. Yeah, there will be ebbs and flows, especially if you have a menstrual cycle. Uh, so that's a great first step, and then kind of sticking with with the food theme. That's usually then when I start incorporating untracked meals or untracked days. So just kind of I call this finding the gray area in this process. So, you don't have to be anti diet and say, like, dieting is terrible and you should never, ever <laughs> restrict your food. You don't have to go all that way. And you don't have to go the opposite end of the spectrum, kind of called the all in approach, where you just totally eat with abandon all the time. You can find the gray area in between those, where you're maybe for a little while tracking some days, not tracking others. Um, on days that you're tracking, really using those to make sure you are eating enough, not restricting in any way, shape, or form. And then kind of easing further towards intuitive eating if that's where you want to go. So that's kind of the more practical food approach. If you are just like, like you kind of mentioned, I have all these ideas about beauty, and I I don't like them. I don't want to, you know, they're kind of like a heavy backpack. I don't want to carry this yeah. backpack anymore, trying to live up to it. Then I would do a little bit more like belief focused work with journaling, with meditation and a great first step there for someone who's like, well, what does that mean? Get clear on your definition of beauty. Or if Mm -hmm. you're like, well, I just want to be healthy, but like, I don't want to do all this crazy diet culture stuff. What is your definition of healthy? Not as what some influencer, what do they say is healthy? Not what do you, you know, models say is healthy or like what keto zealots say is healthy how do you define health in your body what does it feel like what does it look like when you're healthy again who are like the people that you're with what situations are you in that make you feel healthy internally and externally and getting really clear on that definition is going to help a lot to decide what your next steps actually need to be
0: I think what's even on a deeper level than that. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of women who would struggle with that very first step of like, I don't even know. I actually, and that's really what catapulted me about, you know, six or eight months ago, as I've mentioned on my podcast, as you know, I have been struggling with loving my body and like who I am and how it fits in the world Since I was 12, when my mom took me to Weight Watchers, it's like, that was my, it was like, I love you and I want you to be healthy. So that means you need to be smaller. And that's what I've like always associated with that. So it wasn't until I was doing some deep work myself and understanding what I find beautiful is actually exactly who I am. And that takes a long time, but that itself, it's like, I mean, it gives me goosebumps to think about it, And I know it's hard. And I know women listening to what you just said are like, well, I think beautiful is, is like being a size four and having a six pack and, you know, all these things. But, and that's, if you, what, if you, that's what you really think is beautiful. Awesome. More power to you. But I found that that's what I thought was beautiful for the longest time. And I would keep answering that, keep answering that. And it's like ramming your head into a wall, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, this is not working. So very much of, um, I always had an all or nothing approach. Either I was training for some crazy race and I was 100% in. But as soon as that was over, I was like binging or decided I wasn't going to track. I'm not going to run. I'm so over this. So how does you, you know how does all or nothing totally backfire on us and why is it never <laughs> a good strategy and what are some red flags that people maybe not even know that they are having this all or nothing situation happen but it's really the truly what's been holding them back.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know you you touched on something I think really important, too, if someone is at these early stages, having some type of quiet time is, like, the only non-negotiable I have for my clients.
0: Because mm. that's how you'll mm-hmm. start to
1: know if what you're telling yourself, like, is the the size four is my definition of beauty. Sitting with that for a little while, noticing how it feels in your body, you're either going to know if that's really true for you or not. But that's another skill that takes practice. So, yeah, I really like yeah. I really like how you how you touched on that, um, and then I lost my train of thought with where this is going.
0: <laughs> we were talking about all oh, or nothingness. All in, yes, all or nothing. Yeah, and that's I know that's a huge you know it's a big struggle, yeah. and that's really I think at the foundation of our conversation you can see a recurring theme. It's like what it's like going hard and then taking off the gas pedal.
1: Yeah. So I mean. This, yeah, the stillness definitely carries over into all or nothing. Um, Why it really just doesn't work for anyone, I have gotten more and more into human design in recent years.
0: Ah, I love human design. Yes.
1: So some people are designed to have more energy. And they can do more. And they can go check those boxes and be go, go, go. Some other people are meant to kind of ride the waves of inspiration and what feels good Um, some other people like me like I learned that I actually don't make my own energy I'm a projector and it's more important for me to wait to wait to really be inspired to wait to be invited into things but so many of us think that we're just supposed to be go all the time because that's what our society Mm -hmm. rewards with a lot of our roots in the patriarchy and things like that you know women having to perform like their men, trying to fight for equality, and all of these things that are very, very deeply rooted in our society have influenced how capitalism is set up today and what we think we need to do. We need to constantly perform. But nobody is designed to just go all the time. So that's why being if you are someone who is like, well, I just set goals and I go after them and I'm always all in, that's great if you really feel like that's what you were designed for or like look up your human design and you'll really be able to learn a lot. But usually there's going to come a point where you're also being asked to slow down, to take a step yes. back, to focus on rest and recovery. If you can honor that, that can really serve you long term. But what a lot of us do is we're like, no, 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 no. I don't think I didn't see my gas tank light turn on. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see that. I don't know what you're talking about. And so we just keep going anyway, and that's what makes those times when we end up gaining, you know, like body fat overshooting when you diet and then you eat uncontrollably because you starved your body for so long and you actually put on more weight than you had previously or just binge eating or quote unquote saving calories for the weekend. That's yes. That those are all different versions of being all in or all out versus this is another exercise that I love, like starting to notice, when does your gas tank light turn on? What's even a little bit before that? Like when is your gas tank on 50% full? Yes. How can you start noticing what your body feels like in those situations so that you can preemptively come back to yourself, rest, recharge, do do whatever it is that nourishes you so that you don't get to that place? Of then being burnt out. Because when you get all that way, it's so much harder to then come back.
0: Honestly, if no one takes anything from this podcast and they take that little piece of gold, I literally preach this all the time. And sometimes, like, it'll be taken differently because you said it. They'll hear it different. But so true because I always am like, you don't have to... Get to the breakdown. Like, you don't have to do that. I did it. It fucking sucks. Like, it really sucks. Um, and you're right. It takes a lot longer to rebuild. And, you know, I figured out human design about a year ago. I'm a generator. So I'm mm. one of those people that are like, "Go, got it. You got, go, it. Go, you go, got go. the power. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, um, I need to also recharge 100%. And I've learned to um, serve from a place of overflow, you know, and not depletion. And it's a very different way of being able to um, move about. And I still trip up. We all do, right? We're all human. And we sometimes think we have superpowers. And we're like, nah, it's not going to get me. But yeah, watching and knowing before that gaslight tank turns on, gold. So Mm -hmm. gold what has like as we like start to wrap up our conversation because I think what you do is so magical and what women really need like really desperately need so badly and I think we might not know we need it all the time you know because we still are so like conflicted internally between but uh, I don't want to do this hard work. It's a lot longer of a road. I could just do this over here. So what as a coach has been inspiring for you to watch some of your clients step into? Because I think when we hear other examples of what women experience, it's powerful to hear those results and, you know, releasing the expectations and yeah. Tell me a little bit about like what women experience making this decision to go this route, even though it's a little longer.
1: Yeah. So one overarching theme when you start to do some of this deeper healing work with food and with your body is you get more of your life back. Anyone who mm. has a history of chronic dieting knows how much time you spend. Literally weighing and measuring your food, but also just all the time you spend thinking about how many calories does this maybe have? Do I treat myself to this or do I not? Because I'll have to do extra cardio or trade offs, you know, constantly doing the like macro Tetris and trading this food so you can have that food later, making sure you get a workout on the weekends because you think you might overeat. Oh my God, that is a lot. It's exhausting. It is. It is exhausting. It's a lot. Of I was time like having PTSD
0: while you were talking.
1: Yep. 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 So, you get so much of your life back when you are able to, you know, like we squeeze, we squeeze our diet so, so, so hard, and when you start to release that grip, when you start to learn just what foods nourish your body, what activities nourish your body. When, again, when you feel confident, like creating a state of loving yourself and sexiness and and all these beautiful things, you get to live more. You get to have more time Mm. for your kids, your family, your relationships, your career. Like one of my clients said to me recently that she went for a promotion that she doesn't think she would have gone for six months ago because she was too, like literally too obsessed with her food. To put in extra yeah. time and energy to her job. Like this is a career she's passionate about. We all have a diverse variety of passions, things that light us up. You know, joy is a great indicator of what you should do more of. So if yeah. you can come back to your body, if you can really rebuild that foundation of trust in yourself, you just get to live more fully and you get to find more joy in all these areas of your life with with less stress, <laughs> which is
0: what we all need today. <laughs> yeah. And who wouldn't want that? Honestly, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I don't know anyone that says, nah, I don't want more time, freedom, flexibility, confidence. No, Mm -hmm. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and yeah, it it does take exploration and getting a little bit uncomfortable and a lot of trust and unlearning, but um, ultimately, you know, I think it's the best way, in my opinion, to heal. Um, and I think, you know, this is, this is a super question that I think a lot of people who coach in a similar way that you do, um, and embodying this is there's a mistake that you're like promoting, um, well, just eat whatever you want and do whatever you want. Right. And does that come up often where it's like, well, if you're not tracking your foods and what does that mean? You just want me to eat in and out all the time and that's okay. And so quickly touch on that and how that, if that comes up a lot with your clients or ever.
1: I think that's a fear that a lot of people have is, is like, well, but then what do I do? Like either who am I, <laughs> if I'm not this quote unquote fit chick, or if I'm not this people call me a health nut, like who am I, if I'm not that, um, and like, how do I make decisions? Because we, yeah, again, with like anyone with chronic dieting history, part of sticking to those diets or even like 30-day challenges, part of that process turns down our hunger and fullness signals. Because if you are restricting your calories, you're going to be hungry, but you want this diet result, whatever, you do have to turn down those cues from your body. So we think that they've disappeared, (laughs) but they haven't. They're just kind of like on mute. And yeah. and our work together is really what can help turn those volume knobs back up so that you can start to trust yourself again. A lot of that comes down to trust when there's that fear of like, well, what do I do then? It's, it's only because those signals are quieter, but they're not gone. Yeah. You always have that opportunity to tune back in. And that's also why knowledge, like general education around fitness and nutrition is still one of the core... Principles of my coaching because I do believe yeah. we we still need to be conscious of like micronutrients even macronutrients I still advocate relatively high protein diets for most active women <laughs> that's not going to go away yeah but it's not it's just not the it's not the thing that the spotlight is on anymore we're just moving the spotlight a little bit
0: mm, that's so perfectly said and I am so just really grateful and inspired by this conversation because it's something that is really near and dear to my heart. Um, But it's not the space that I'm in anymore. And so finding someone like you who not only has gone through a transformation yourself, but also extremely passionate about helping other women discover this within themselves is awesome. So thank you for your time and just everything that you shared today, because I know that there are so many takeaways in here. But women will definitely uh, walk away from this conversation with a new perspective. It would be hard not to. Um, what is the best way for women who are like more excited about wanting to discover, you know, either work with you? or hear more about what you have to say. You have a great newsletter. So plug that. Where, where are you at girl? Yeah.
1: Thank you again for having me. This was, uh, this was nourishing to my soul to catch up with you and the questions were amazing. So thank you. Uh, the best place to find me is Instagram. Of course, my, my, uh, tag or whatever is just my name at Caroline Openstein. Um, I do send out newsletter updates once in a while. And that is on my website, ccowellness.com. And then I also have my podcast. So Macros, Muscle, and Manifestation is the name of my podcast. If you like this combination of science and spirituality and health, um, I would love to hear what you guys, if you like that, and if you want to listen to that, I'd love to hear what you think. So yeah.
0: Awesome. Alright, go have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you again for everything.
1: Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
0: You are the best beam babe. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you love this episode, it would mean so much if you would share it with another beam babe or post it on social and tag me at the beam life so I can tell you thank you for helping me share the mission. You can also send me a text. Yes, a real text to 323-673-2709 where we can connect outside of the podcast you can either chat with me one-on-one or just receive the weekly text I send to beam you up throughout your week anyways it's been fun as always and I'm honored to be a part of your journey until next time keep beaming babe